Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Stretch Goose Podcast. Yes, it is me, all by myself once again. But don't worry, he will be back uh, shortly, some point, whenever. Um, just wanted to take the time today to uh, go over a few things. Um, as I said in the last uh, solo show, it was that uh, I was going to be doing some news in between our gatherings and to and to just kind of keep you up to breast, as, you know, up to speed, up to breast, whatever you want to call it, as to what's going on out there. Um, and I also wanted to, to kind of touch on what's happening, you know, as far as where the podcast is located. Um, I'm working on it, you know, one, one uh, podcast app at a time. Uh, right now, if you go into the search, uh, search box, of, of these particular apps, you will find it just typing in Stretch Goose Podcast. Um, the uh, Podcast Attic, it's on there. It's on Apple. It's on Google. It's on the platform I'm on now, which is Podbean. It's on Spotify. It's on iHeart, um, Player FM. It's on the Samsung app, uh, Podcast app. And it's on the, the Listen Note uh, app as well. Um, those are the ones that I know for a fact that they are on. Um, if you type in Stretch Goose Podcast, you will see the you will see the the episodes and everything that's up there. Um, if you type simply Stretch Goose, you are, you're going to get the um, podcast that this used to be until it's kind of been revamped and rebranded, if you will. Um, so, I mean, those older episodes are enjoyable as well. I mean, I did a whole deep dive on energy drinks. Uh, that's, that's actually pretty informative. Um, talked about a whole bunch of different things. Um, and and it's, it's, it's the learning experience, you know, of me personally uh, doing it by myself and production and all of that and trying to do it as best as I possibly can. And uh, now I'm on this version, uh, rebranding, if you will. And now I got a sidekick. My brother's kind of jumped in and wanted to be a part of it. And we're, you know, slowly but surely, um, m- we're we're both we're slowly but surely knocking out some sort of a format, some sort of a of a of a, a roadmap for these episodes. And we're doing it live, and we're doing it on on the mic is how we're basically working it out. We're not really. Uh, doing any meetings, we're doing it sort of organically, you know, for, you know, you're, you know, on the, you know, just live. And by doing it that way, it kind of gives you an insight, you know, a little behind the scenes, if you will, as to how things are, are, are done. You know, and I know most, most of the shows out there, they kind of have it all prepped and ready to rock and roll. And they probably do a run through or two. Um, we don't do that. We just jump right in and we kind of fill it out as we go. Um, it's still going to be in the news category. There's going to be a lot of different stories. Uh, it's not all going to be political. You're going to get some sports. You're going to get some uh, movies. You're going to get some some random shit that's just out there. And then every once in a while you're going to get some in-depth coverage of some topic, whatever that may be. Um, and that's basically what 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 we're working on and what we're trying to do for you guys um 
And if you, you know, if you have suggestions or if you have uh, something you want to, ch- you know, chime in on, just, you know, email at stretchgoose at gmail.com. Put podcast in the uh, subject line and, and um, you know, we'll definitely read all the suggestions, you know, leave a review on Apple. It helps out with the, uh, you know, the algorithms and things and gets us moving up the charts. Um, good or bad, you know, we'll take all, you know, positive and negativity as it comes through and you know we'll we'll take them you know suggestions as you know as, as, as good as we can you know as we can and incorporate or you know add and subtract whatever it is that's out there that you want to you want to see done we'll, we'll, we'll try to accommodate as much as we can um <clears throat> without as much as we can without you know veering off m- Without um, I don't want to say veering off, but moving, you know, down the highway, if you will, as to how you, as how how we'll put that together, or how we will work on doing that, um, and that's that's basically, basically it, and uh, I want to go ahead and just read um, a story or two, and first off. Shout out to the Lions, huh? They won again. They beat the Jets. That's I gotta tell you, they're seven, you know, seven and seven, and uh, looks like they're knocking on the door of the seventh, the seventh and final playoff spot. Um, I don't think that the Seahawks will get there, um, and that just reminds me of something. I'm just gonna kind of go off on a little sports tangent, if you will. I I know these guys are. I know these guys all do this for the sake of you know, listenerships, whatever, but these guys are getting paid really well, whether they're on CBS radio or, you know, Fox Sports or um, ESPN or whatever. And I kind of touched on this in in an episode a while back, but I just heard some more again this morning that really just puzzled me. You know, it's like they have no idea. It's like everything is all about the quarterback, you know, in the NFL. Well, they just missed on the quarterback or they just did it, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, let, let's let's take Zach Wilson for a second with the Jets. This guy, I don't think he's a bust, and I don't think he's washed up. I think the issue is more coaching and front office than it is than it is the talent on the field. When you hire a fresh coaching staff, some of these guys have never been in these roles before, head coach, offensive coordinator, what have you, and you tell them, that we're going to draft the future right in front of you. We're not going to give you a veteran so you can get your feet wet. We're just going to give you, you know, a guy, you know, fresh out of college. So they draft Zach Wilson, who, which had a very good college career. And I believe, you know, wholeheartedly with the right coaching staff that this dude could be better than Trevor Lawrence. And so he got he he he's in this first year was a complete bomb he got you know and, and there's a lot of learning learning how to be a head coach learning how to be the coordinator learning how to teach these players how to do certain things and and these guys end up you know not meshing in some areas improving in others and then you you, you get a losing record you know you're, you're learning everybody's learning each other first season is always a mulligan but Zach Wilson gets hurt at the end of the year and he's not able to continue you know the season so he's on the shelf. You go through Joe Flacco and everybody else, and then you now you're on this year, and Joe Flacco opened up the season, you know, the first three or four games. So then in comes Zach Wilson. 
He has a winning record. The team, I believe at the time when he got pulled, was 6-3. and three. And, and Zach Wilson had won a few games at this, at this point. Then you bench him in the second half of, of, of a butt whooping. And you, you know, Robert Sala gets up there and, and starts talking about how, he, you know, he needs a better spark or he needs to, re, you know, sit and reset and all this stuff. Rather than just letting him work through it on the field and get through it, you know, he decides to pull him. And then he puts in this, you know, Mike White, who goes one and two before he gets hurt. And, and they had Zach Wilson inactive all three weeks. It's very baffling to me is how how these guys expect development in their quarterbacks or the receivers or their tight ends or what have you when they don't want to put the time in and allow this stuff to happen and allow this stuff to work and and when I look at at this situation in New York, they're already talking about chasing these guys on the you know on all these various you know outlets are talking about chasing, you know, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Any general manager worth their worth worth any sense and you know if they had two brain cells to rub together, Tom Brady is not the answer. Tom Brady is a one-year band-aid. You want a long-term solution. He's going to be 46 if that were to be the case. And that's not good at all. Then you look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is 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 a dumpster fire. Is he a good quarterback? Yes, but has, what has he done outside of season awards? No trophies after uh, outside of one one trip to the Super Bowl. He's been a nothing burger ever since. So he's not the guy that's going to get you there. He's not the guy that's going to keep you competitive, especially at his age, 38. So why would you even bother spending that money on something like that? Why would you even go that far? In, into that, you know, and and I think that, that that alone is an issue. Is these guys also have no patience? None of these teams do. That's why that's why in New York, the other, you know, the Giants on, on the other side, Daniel Jones is he the guy? Is he the guy? Is he the guy? Well, this year he seems to be playing well. He'd gone through several head coaches since being drafted. No consistency in in that. The front office was a is still, in my opinion, a dumpster fire. How do you expect him to get better? How do you expect him to do better? And the one season where it's clicking, which is where you know where they eight and five, I think at this point, eight five and one or eight four and one, something like that, it's clicking. So what what do you what was the issue? Was it really Daniel Jones, or was it a system that made sense? You know, I don't think in the NFL, I don't think it's ever a talent issue. In in most of these cases, I think it's a front office issue. I think it's a coaching issue. Look at Carson Wentz. <clears throat> Carson Wentz was is another example. He had a very good first couple of years. He got hurt. They won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, and then the, then they started asking, "Was it really Carson Wentz? Was it really Nick Foles up in Philadelphia?" Well, we found out when Nick Foles was. Nick Foles was a very was a was a above average quarterback that could not reclaim that you know 10, 10 11 game magic that he had that one time. And he fell, he's right into that realm with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Productive, mistake-prone quarterback. So how do you so how do you how do you sit there and say Wentz is washed up? He has one more season there. You know, he gets hurt again because they had no offensive line. He got sacked repeatedly. He ends up being trade bait. 
because they drafted Jalen Hurts. So then they trade him, and they trade him to um, Indianapolis. So he goes through uh, Doug Peterson. Then he goes through another coach, uh, another coaching staff in Philadelphia. So he's going to a second staff. And then he gets shipped to the Indianapolis Colts. Completely, di- you know, not, not, not that far off because Frank Wright was his coach in, in Philly. But the offensive system isn't any, isn't that far off from what he had. There was a little bit of consistency there, but he had to r- learn a whole new roster, throwing to different guys. And they were nine and and um, nine and seven, I believe, or nine and six, and they had to win one game to qualify, and they didn't close the deal. They finished nine and eight, and then out of nowhere, they decide he's not the guy. Because of two bad games, you suddenly think Carson Wentz is not your guy, and then you talk, you know, and then Ursay talks a bunch of shit about him, and then they ship him to the Washington. So now he's on to his his fourth head coach in three years, and his third offensive coordinator in three years, and his third fourth quarterback coach in three years. How is he going? How do you expect him to improve? How do you expect him to be consistent? How do you expect him to do better? If he's a young quarterback and you're and you're doing this to him, and then you expect success, so he's he, he this year he's in Washington, he gets hurt a couple times because their offensive line is garbage. That's why Tyler Hanke is running around the way he does, and he got hurt and on and on and on. But they don't fix any problems there either. They don't even try to fix anything. But suddenly that's his fault. I don't get it. I just do not understand some of the BS that happens in sports. It's like, how do you expect these guys to improve? How do you expect these guys to play well if you keep pulling the rug out from under them and shipping them all over the place? Baker Mayfield's another example of a quarterback that was productive and won a playoff game for Cleveland, something that, had, that hadn't happened in decades. And all and, and out of nowhere, you, you, he his following year is a 9-8 and eight year, or an 8-9 and nine year, and, and he has a shoulder tear or whatever. And you go for the um, sexual assault quarterback in Deshaun Watson, and you trade the farm, pay him hundreds of millions of dollars, and you dump him in a shitty-ass situation in Carolina. He wins the job because he's better than Sam Donald, but he has no one to throw to, no one to hand the ball off to because they ship uh, McCaffrey away. They have nothing uh, at all, just nothing offensively. And you expect success. And the coach gets fired. You expect success. It's, it's not going to happen. Then he, gets, you know, and then he gets cut because they won't give him his job back. They feel Sam Darnold's going to be the best option. And then, you d- then after that, he ends up picked up by the Rams. Not a full-strength team. They're, they're not going anywhere. But he wins a game. He wins the opening game. And then this game is a little, you know, the game that follows didn't go very well and they, they lost, but he was he had decent stat lines. So do you th- I think McVeigh can probably fix his 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 problem. I think Stafford is gonna come back for another year. And I think Baker Mayfield takes over the Rams after that. I honestly think that, that this is another quarterback that is not broken. 
the system has failed him. And that is a consistent theme throughout the the NFL. Is it, it doesn't matter if it's a quarterback. They they dump wide receivers like it ain't nobody's business. Um, running backs don't even last two or three years before they get dumped. They fumble twice and they're gone. Oh, that reminds me, by the way, speaking of running backs, um, a hard, really hard day for Denver Bronco fans. Uh, Hillman passed away from uh, cancer. Um, at the age of 31, he had uh, uh, a rare form of liver cancer. Um, claimed his life uh, fairly quickly. Um, he was a part of that Super Bowl 50 team with Peyton Manning. Um, just just a sad day for, for Bronco fans. Hard, you know, hearts and prayers out to his family and, and, and quick healing also for them. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing that goes on in the NFL that, that I will never wrap my head around. And, and there are teams that, that had no business making moves, but are making moves. Like you know, the best the, the best is is the Colts. I mean, you you get rid of a guy who led you to a nine and eight record. You hadn't had a winning record in in a while since Andrew Luck retired, and rather than build on that success, you ship him to Washington, and then your solution is to trade more capital to the Falcons. For an old quarterback that can't keep the nose of the ball up in the air anymore, in Matt Ryan, a guy that folded in the Super Bowl, that's your answer. And what what happened to him? Benched. Within a few games, he was benched. Then he comes back, wins a few, wins a couple games. Then he got plowed in the next few games. Now he's benched again. And it, it, it's it's insane the decisions that these guys make. And they sit there and they go, well, you know, you never know until you try. It's like put your fucking thinking cap on, Ursay. Any, I mean, seriously, do you really think Matt Ryan was the answer to your to your fucking problem, or was Carson Wentz worth another another year to see what happens? Maybe you improve the offensive line. The, the, I mean, he had a good running game. Taylor is amazing. Is you know, yeah, he could have maybe improved the receiving core a little bit in the draft, and probably have built on this. But that's not what they did. They literally just chucked him to the side. And that's and that to me is the biggest fucking problem in in, in sports, is patience is it just isn't there. You know, and then they make dumb decisions too. And then they sit there and they, they can't figure out why they're losing. You know, and the you know you know to switch the basketball for a second, the Lakers are the biggest example of that. The, if the salary cap is $120 million, why are you dumping $42 million into LeBron James, 30-some-odd million dollars into Anthony Davis? And, and and then you're wondering why you don't have enough money to pay anybody. Everybody leaves or what have you. And then you sit there and go, well, we need shooters. And then you go, to, and then you have a trade in place for Buddy Heald. And then you nix that to go trade for a $44 million point guard? an aging point guard in Russell Westbrook. Then you do the math and you're going 40 and 40 is 80 and 30 is 120. You're capped out. You're in luxury tax territory. And if you have and if you have an owner like they do in Genie Bus that doesn't want to pay the luxury tax, you end up signing players that are just hot garbage. 
straight garbage and have and, and are not really major contributors on any team. And then you wonder why you're losing. Anthony Davis can't stay healthy. Russell Westbrook suddenly can't stay healthy. And you're bringing him off the bench with of all fucking things. <coughs> Excuse me. And then to to fucking sum all that shit up. All that shit up. You're lo- you're losing. If I was Rob Polinka, I would trade Anthony Davis. I literally would ship him away for assets. If I was, you know, if I if I was uh, also LeBron James would be would be gone as well. I wouldn't I wouldn't care because you cannot have a financial path that is not healthy for your team. You just don't have the growth. You can't. The money is tied up everywhere. You're basically dead and relying on minimum players, you know, the minimum salary players just to get by. You might as well trade people immediately. You can't, you know, these contracts are massive and nobody really wants them. But if you can package them together with something, you know, and get, you know, marginal players, get that money off the books, essentially. And that's another issue, too. Some of these players, like LeBron, if LeBron was really interested in winning, he wouldn't take $40 million. He'd take six, seven million. He would, he, you know, he's done, he, he's in his 20th year. He's won four NBA championships. He spent a nine year, nine or 10 year run just living in the, you know, conference final games. You know, and, and I think he's gone to six or seven um, NBA finals in a row or eight, or no, it was eight in a row, you know, winning four. I think I, I, I at what point do you sit there and you say, if I want to win five, six, seven, eight of these, maybe I take less because I've got this I've got these production companies, I've got all these endorsements, I am worth four hundred million dollars at this point. These last five or six years, why not? But they don't see it that way, they don't think about it that way. They just want to get paid and then they want to bitch about why they're losing and why they're not winning. And then you see all this infighting, and you're like, well, maybe, you you know, why didn't you help out a little bit? Shit. Um, anyway, just kind of my, just my little, you know, ramble from sports, you know. Um, let's talk about Avatar for a second. Uh, I did go to see Avatar, Way of Water. I saw it in 3D on IMAX. Spent $66 taking the family out to this thing. Um, early returns are roughly what 150 million complete uh, bomb, if you will. Uh, complete you know, financial bomb. It's not. I wouldn't say it's a complete. You know, I wouldn't say that it's burning to the ground. But you know, who knows how they, you know how these guys how these guys view what is and what isn't. Um, but. Uh, it's first off the runtime is three hours and thirty something minutes. Like it is absolutely long, and it's the it, it it visually yeah it's 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 visually it's it's good visually. You can look at it and say, eh, not bad. It looks pretty good. Um, but if you you start diving into the three hour and thirty something minute script it's basically an invasion of a planet, you know, and the 
indigenous, if you will, are being destroyed, run off their land, they have to defend their home, et cetera, et cetera. And that's that's basically the movie. And for some reason, it needed three hours and 38 minutes to tell us all about it. We go and we, you know, they show us another um, version of the avatars, you know, in the water area. And uh, there's some very weird-looking fish that are there. And, I mean, it's an alien planet. But uh, the thing that... Let me tell you what I, I, I did not like about this film. The, one of the things I didn't like about the film was not only the runtime, but the fact that there's roughly an hour and a half of just wasted film. You know, it's showing them swimming through water, showing them, you know, catching fish, showing them, you know, playing in the yard type thing, or sweeping shots of the ground, or them flying through the air. I mean, we're, we're talking an hour and 30 minutes of that. Just a lot of coverage shots. Not, not Nothing really going on. And and I don't know why that had to be in the movie. Because I really don't, I, I mean, to be honest, I really don't give a shit how they got to the water people you know he could have done this just them taking off cut and them landing and i wouldn't have cared but this fact that we had to sit there and watch them go through the air and swoop through air you know weather stuff and whatever it's like i don't give a shit How, what does that got to do with the movie zero you know and 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 then there were other things were showing the you know one of the kids just sitting there holding his holding their breath underwater and looking at the at the you know, the colorful fish or whatever. It's a wasted shot. I don't know what we're what we're trying to show here. It's just there was a lot of that in this movie. And it was just boring. Like, just absolutely boring. Damn near put me to sleep a few times. I yawned a lot. It was... It was just absolute gar- garbage. I'm sorry. Like, And then the end, the big battle scene at the end... I already know he was just trying to make, you know, trying to show us that he can do another version of Titanic. I mean, the, the, it's a sinking vessel, but it hits rock initially. I don't know how it didn't stay on the rock. I don't know how it's let you, but they just show it tipping and breaking and falling apart, and and it's like watching. Uh, Excuse me. It's like watching Titanic all over again. It's it's literally the same fucking ending there. It's like I'm going to show you how to do this again. So we're watching that again. Um I mean, it's it, 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 at some point I feel like these characters should be dying off and like I know there's supposed to be five of these things, but I, I think by the third film we should probably start whacking a few of these guys. Like I just don't know why they're alive. I don't know why um they decided to keep the villains the same, like bring them back as avatars. I think being dead was enough for me. I had no reason to see them again. Um, but it's just it's just a pile of pointless film. Like there's no, it it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't really say anything outside of family is important. I mean, you could have said that in one line at the beginning of the film, and we've been all right. So. If I had to grade this piece of shit, I probably would have given it an F, like right out of the gate. I mean, there's a lot of scenes that don't even fit together that seem to mesh, you know, run into each other. 
Um, but again, it's it's. I mean, I, I it, the movie's probably gonna make enough to break even. I don't think it's gonna be profitable. Um, especially with a runtime like that. That's just insane. I mean, Lord of the Rings made some money, but and their run times were long. But you know, it it was it it was a film that that was just had a lot more action to it, a lot more pace to it than the than the Avatar film does. So anyway, if you see it, good on you. Other than that, it, I don't. I I wouldn't see it any more than I already did. Um so that's that's kind of that's kind of it. It's it's one of those things, guys, that you just have to survive, I guess. Um anyway, that's the podcast, guys. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for joining in. If you like it, share it, subscribe to it, write a review if you can. And I will see you on the next one. Later.